0: Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, and you can follow me on Twitter at acc sports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at smash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor.
1: Welcome! This week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, man. I mean, th- this podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia at 301 South Main Street, suite 107 Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street farm and we have a return guest on the show here tonight on the All the Sports Discussion ACC podcast in Jamal Murphy you can follow him on Twitter at blackatologist that's at black e t o l g i s t he is he the, is the, he is he the is placatologist, attorney, writer, and he also is a CBSlocal.com contributor. He is the co-host of the Bill Roden on Sports Podcast, and he covers college basketball, the Knicks, the Nets, the Mets, the Jets, the Giants, anything you can think about in New York, and we are happy to have Jamal back. Jamal, welcome back to the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast we are happy to have you back I want to make sure I repeat your Twitter account again that's blackatologist at b-l-a-c-k-e-t-o-l-g-i-s-t welcome back Jamal we're happy to have you back on the all sports discussion podcast the longest running ACC podcast in the United States the floor is yours before we start anything you want to plug Jamal and tell us all about yourself buddy thanks thanks again for joining
2: no problem. First, can you guys hear me? I just want to make we sure We can on.
1: hear you perfectly.
2: Okay. Well, thanks for having me again. Of course, I always enjoy this uh March Madness conversation. Uh no, you got it right. Uh Blackatologist on Twitter. I am uh currently doing some writing for AnsCape, which was formerly The Undefeated. It's ESPN, ESPN's AnsCape. I should have some uh March Madness-related content coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, Like you said, you mentioned the podcast, Bill Roden on Sports. Check that out with the legendary sports writer, Bill Roden. And uh, besides that, you know, I'm here. I'm out here.
1: We're here for you, man. We are here for you. And, man, I got a homework question for you first, Tevin, Virginia Tech alumnus. Give us your thoughts on Virginia Tech's improbable run to the ACC tournament championship. I mean, you you all saw that up the ACC in person for for at least a few days up there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I had a I had a front row seat uh, for the Virginia Tech uh, ACC tournament run. Uh, it was very impressive, uh, tremendous defense. I saw them uh, dismantle North Carolina, then dismantle Duke. Uh, that was very very impressive. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't keep that up against Texas in the in the tournament, but I mean I think they got the most out of what they had. I think they did a, a great job really just getting in the tournament. Remember, going into the ACC tournament, they weren't really even on the bubble. they were probably on the outskirts of the bubble a little bit and they were able to get themselves in. I do think they I can't, me personally I had them in even if they would have lost the ACC championship, but I don't I'm not sure that the committee had them in.
1: That's a fair statement. And I think a lot of people agree with you, including myself, (laughs) including myself, Jeff.
0: All right. Thanks, Matthew. Um, Jamal, give us your thoughts on Earl Grant's first year at Boston college. And and we think he had a year that that should give Boston college fans hope for the future.
2: Yeah, no question. You could see a change right away in terms of, you know, hard, hard-nosed defense, uh, very fundamentally sound, and then it all came to fruition, kind of in the ACC tournament, with, where they upset, where they had the, the one big upset, and then they almost pulled off the second. So, and you know, I was there to see that, and they were very impressive. And it was just, it was sad in terms of for the teams that they beat. You know, it it came across as a bad loss when 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 looking at it from a bracketologist point of view. But really, they had they had become a better team at the end of the season to where they were a really tough out. So I definitely think um, that the future is bright there. It's all going to come down to recruiting, but whoever he gets in there is going to play that hard-nosed style of defense and be fundamentally sound, and they're going to be a tough out regardless in the future. All right.
0: Let's um, let's let's turn our attention to the NCAA tournament now. Um, the ACC, maligned during the course of the year, really shined Really shine through. Got three teams in the Sweet 16. Uh, I was in Greenville, South Carolina. This is my my neck of the woods, so I was there on Friday and Saturday, uh, or Friday and Sunday, to see Miami and Duke advance. Um, Give us your thoughts on the ACC's performance so far in the NCAA tournament, Jamal.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, it was it was a great performance. You know, especially relative to where they were or how they were viewed coming in. Um, I, I think I think it was fair to say, from the outside looking in, I think it was fair to say that they had a down year. Now remember, the ACC—that's <laughs> that's a pretty a pretty substantial tradition you're talking about right there. Okay, you, you're used to uh, multiple number one seeds, or you know, multiple top one, two, three, or three seeds dominance during the during the uh, non-conference schedule. And we didn't see that this year. So I think it was fair uh, to say coming into the tournament that the ACC was down. And I think it was also fair that they only got the five teams. And I would have honestly had four uh, because I didn't think Notre Dame's resume now, I didn't think Notre Dame's resume really warranted them like getting in over like a Texas A&M. Now, when I watched... Notre Dame during the year, I liked them, and I and and I thought they passed the eye test. And I could I would say the same thing for Wake Forest, that when I watched Wake Forest, I liked them. You know, I loved what Williams did. I you know I I rooted I rooted for you know both those teams to to do well in the ACC tournament, and and get in. But when you looked at their straight up resume, and maybe it was because just of the slow start, um, in the non conference schedule, and and most of the ACC teams didn't do much. When you look back at what they did, they didn't have many big wins. Definitely not out of conference, and even in conference, um, there weren't many big wins to be had. So if you didn't if you didn't beat Duke on the road, your resume wasn't going to look good. Uh, but now you, you jump into the tournament, and hey, man, Notre Dame was a good team. Notre Dame has talent. Bray, that was probably Bray's best team in a while, and they proved it and they won a couple games in the in the tournament and does, and showed that they belonged. Uh, Virginia Tech was kind of the opposite. Maybe, maybe they, you know, they spent so much energy getting in uh, to the tournament that they didn't have much w- when it came to Texas. But I also thought it was a bad matchup for Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech kind of beats you based off defense and you know hard work and and fundamental fundamental basketball and outworking the other team. And that's kind of what Texas does also. But they had they have more talent, so I kind of expected that game to go that way. Um, but you know Duke, don't don't forget. I mean Duke's a two seed. I wasn't all that impressed with Duke during the season, especially the latter part of the season. Uh, but what they did against Michigan State to me, they played they played better in that game than I'd seen them play since the beginning of the season. You know they had obviously they didn't get it done versus North Carolina uh, in Coach K's last home game. Then they have a chance to uh, to win an ACC championship tournament championship. In in Coach K's last season, and they they didn't get that done. And I was, like I said, I was at that game, and they just, you know, they just were out completely outworked by Virginia Tech. They didn't seem like the type of team that's gonna come away with 50 50 balls and, and, you know, be scrappy enough to beat, you know, hard nosed teams that have some talent. So I actually had, I actually picked Michigan State to win that game, you know, based on that. But Duke showed me something because they showed that they, you know, they were willing to put in that effort. Um, and all, all five guys really work together and, uh, and, and take care of that challenge. So, I mean, and then Miami, I, and the Miami's another team that I liked all through the season. Remember they, they had to win at Duke. Uh, I love those three guards they have. So, you know, I, I knew they had a slightly tough draw against USC, but I was surprised that they were able to come away with that relatively easily until the end. Um, and then I'm um, definitely, uh, beating Auburn was a huge surprise. Well, I had I foolishly had Auburn in, in the uh, Final Four, so you know how I felt about that. But yeah, so I mean, the ACC has really uh, shown and proved from the teams that got in. The teams that got in the tournament took care of business, um, and now now they have three teams in the in the uh, Sweet Sixteen, which is tied for the most with the Big Twelve.
0: And and I think, and you touched on it in, in a couple of your comments there. I think we really saw Duke grow up this weekend. I mean, they absorbed a, a really serious, um, you know, punch from, from Michigan State. I mean, I, I thought Michigan State was relentless in this game. Every time Duke would get out six or seven points, Michigan State would come right back. And I, I thought that, you know, we hadn't seen it just like you said since early in the year. When when teams punched Duke this year, and usually they overwhelmed their opponents in the acc by with their just pure talent level but they didn't always punch back and the same with north carolina i mean they started to be more consistent but i mean there's not a rugged more physical team in the country than baylor and they lost that lead in that game your 25 point lead after the manic ejection really? i thought they were finished in overtime i really did and and like you said even with the with Miami and those guards uh, who'd been, you know, very good all year, but you didn't know if, if Miami had the had the toughness to hang in there with with the with that defense that Auburn has. And and I think that was the common theme of all three ACC teams, and something that I'd kind of talked about that I didn't think part of the problem with the ACC this year was not showing toughness that we had seen that you've seen from some of the other, you, you know, a lot of the Big Twelve teams, for example. But we saw that in the tournament so far um, w- what do you think on those comments there did you, did you see a level of toughness that you hadn't seen most of the year from these teams
2: oh yeah and especially from North Carolina I didn't even I didn't even mention North Carolina um, but they obviously are, are one of the more impressive teams in the ACC and what they've done uh, was tremendous I mean I you know coming into that first round game and and remember my the last time I had we, we had seen you at UNC was in their loss to Virginia tech and they didn't look good at all. Uh, Maybe we should have given I should have given Virginia tech tech credit for that, but, you know, so, and then they got that first round game against Marquette and I, you know, I'm in big East country. So I've seen a lot of Marquette and in the middle of the year, Marquette was very impressive and they had, they had, they swept Villanova this year. They, you know, they swept uh, uh, Seton hall they had, had some big wins in the Big East, and I expected Marquette to win that game. And I definitely, well, I, you know, to win it and at least to be competitive, I, th- there was no way I saw a 30-point drubbing. I, I, had, I did not see that coming at all. So that opened my eyes to North Carolina. And then they they showed it was no fluke against Baylor. I mean, they basically were blowing out Baylor, uh, you know, until, like you said, it got ejected. Um, and you're right when it went when that went into overtime after after losing Manic and Caleb Love, uh, I thought they were completely done because they're already not a deep team, and then they lose the t- two important players and they're able to pull that out and they get some contributions from guys that hadn't done anything really all season. Uh, I think you got to give Hubert Davis all kind of credit um, you know i mean the the uh, when you see a team get better. As the year goes on, that's really the mark of a, of a very good coach and a good system and a good program. So that's a good sign for North Carolina. And, and now you have to say that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a somewhat even game against UCLA coming up coming up uh, later in the week. So, yeah, North Carolina has been great and the toughness in general. So you have North Carolina showing toughness, a lot of toughness. Uh, Duke showed a lot of toughness, which, which surprised me last game. Against Michigan State because I looked at Michigan State kind of like a, a Virginia Tech type of team, but with a little more talent, maybe you know. And they were, and they came back and took care of business against Michigan State. Um, and my, and like you said, Miami showed a lot of toughness. And Miami actually showed me toughness during the year. I mean, if you go in the way they went, went into Duke and won that game, even when they lost to Duke in the ACC tournament, it was it was a tough game. They didn't they didn't really back down. Wong had a pretty much terrible offensive game, and they were able to. Hang in there against against Duke in the ACC tournament. So I I, I always like Miami, um, but yeah, you know you're right. And and don't forget Notre Dame's toughness. Notre Dame right. was tough against Rutgers. Uh, they were tough in the loss to Texas Tech. So no, no, you're right about that. I think I think a lot of us probably underestimated the toughness. A lot of people outside of the ACC outside of ACC country probably underestimated the toughness of the ACC because we looked at their schedules and they hadn't really done anything. They looked a little vanilla as a as a you know for the league as a whole, and I think I think they did prove a lot of people wrong, including myself.
0: All right, and that, that that's a a great segue to my next question for you, Jamal. As we look forward to next weekend uh, between Miami, Duke, and uh, UNC, how many how many of these ACC teams will survive and make it to the Final Four?
2: Mm. Wow. Um, I mean if I had to pick I would say 0, right? But I but I also didn't think they'd be here. <laughs> you know. I think I you know, I think I mean like I said Duke proved a lot to me, but I still think that Texas Tech uh team is going to be tough for them. Remember, Duke Duke is led by those the, the freshmen. And still even now those freshmen haven't really sh- you know, Bancaro in particular hasn't really shown that he can take over for a whole game. And he, he seems to be, like, when you look at him, you expect that from him because the skill is all there, the athletic ability is all there. Um, but he hasn't put it together. Even for even when I've watched for an entire game, like just dominate from start to finish, he, he does it in flashes. Uh, A.J. Griffin, one of the most talented kids you're going to see, he can, he's capable of disappearing, you know, for, for large periods of, of the game uh keels hasn't been what he was at the beginning of the season uh wendell moore's can be up and down you know so like i said i was definitely impressed by what they did against michigan state i think i think that is a good sign moving forward but they still have to show it to me obviously they're capable right obviously they have the talent um to beat texas tech they have the talent to go to the final four so I, if i had to pick one I would I would lean towards them. But then also, you know, you're, you're facing Gonzaga and you have to beat them for a second time. And Gonzaga's just as talented as they are. So it's, a, it's kind of a tough road for Duke. Miami, you never know. I mean, <laughs> you know, as a Cinderella 10 seed, uh, I, I would pick them against Iowa State, even though it could be a battle because of Iowa State's defense. Uh, Kansas is not the Kansas that we all are used to in terms of they don't have like, you know, uh, super, super duper NBA prospects like like we're used to them having. They're more of like a, you know, that's a Bill self coach team that was able to secure one seed because he's such a great coach, has them playing, you know, disciplined physical defense. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, Providence, I, I at least expect Providence to keep it close because they both play the same type of rugged uh, defensive style um, and Providence have been surprising people all year. So I could see that being close. And if they were to pull off the upset, then Miami Providence is a, is close to a toss up also. So I could see Miami possibly having a path. And then the last one, North Carolina, you know, the uh, UCLA, Jaime Hawkes is, uh, is coming off an ankle injury. If he's not a hundred percent, that, that makes that game very, very close. It's already, I think it's about a, two, a three point spread. So it's already looked at as a close game. I, I I like UCLA in there, but that, I could be biased because that was my original final four pick. Um, and then Purdue, Purdue is tough. So North Carolina have, would have a tough road too. And, and they lost, they, they got beaten pretty badly by Purdue in the beginning of the year. Um, so it's a tough road. I actually, you know, what, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those teams get through or or none of them. But I can't see more than one. It would take a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of luck from all sides for for more than one to get through, I think.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough. Um let's play what we're calling ACC coaches hot seat as we turn towards next year, who are some of the coaches who have the hottest seat in the ACC and we've got two, maybe three coaches. We're kind of looking at, uh, Kevin Keats at NC state, Jeff Capel at Pittsburgh. We think both were a little bit fortunate to be returning, uh, after, after struggles this year, but they're both back. Um, You've got Josh Pastner. He does have an ACC title a year ago, right. but um, for the most part, you know, outside of that, I mean, you can't take away the ACC title, no question, but, um, you know, he has no other NCAA appearances, no NCAA wins, and, uh, you know, it was really disappointing this year. Uh, so he's he's maybe the third that we're looking at, could be on the hot seat going into next year. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on those three coaches' hot
2: seat? Yeah, no, I agree with all three that, that... – they have to be on the hot seat. Uh, I was I was surprised as you were about Keats and Capel, although Capel had the the pretty big buyout, so I understand that. Um, Kate you know Capel, and, you know I'll give Capel credit in terms of they were horrible beginning of the season, um, and they at least became got to a point where they they were a tough out uh, towards the end of this in the, for the second half of the season. Uh, so they they at least played better. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, he lost a lot of guys uh, the previous season. He's going to have to show that he can, he's capable of team building and capable of putting, you know, a full year together, which he hasn't really done in terms of a successful year at Pitt. And when he first got there, I thought a lot of, I think a lot of people rightfully so had high hopes and and that just hasn't come. So I think, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. He has to do something this coming year. And, And the same with, with Kevin Keats, who, you know, people were high on a couple of years ago, uh, you know, but he also had he was his team was hurt by injuries. Uh, so I guess that's part of the reason why they wouldn't want to get rid of him now. He kind of has an excuse for how the season went. Uh, you would still have liked them to be a little tougher, um, you know, play play some more close games than they did this year. Uh, they weren't all that competitive. Uh, so, you know, he's going to have to turn it around. He's going to have to pick up and pick up recruiting and be able to keep guys there, and hopefully guys stay healthy. Um, but both, I think, both of those guys they're going to need to have. They, I mean, they're going to need to make the tournament most likely, or or come really close, or be on the bubble at least, so so they can show their fan bases some sort of hope. Um, and then Pasner, yeah, I, I I get it. I think that's the reason why he's still there is because he won an ACC championship the year before. Uh, but it is—it's not a good sign when you had you. I mean, like, there's no way around it. The ACC was in the regular season was down this year, so it's—it's it's kind of a bad sign when you don't make any noise, you know, coming off of an ACC championship that you don't make any noise in in that league in a year where it was down. You can't expect it to be down again next year, <laughs> you know. It's the it's the ACC. So if you couldn't if you couldn't make any traction this year. I I don't know, you know, I don't know if it looks good for you. So I think, I think I agree with you. I think all three are on the hot seat uh, and they, on all three need results next year.
0: All right, Uh, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you now for the last couple questions in the podcast.
1: Outstanding. We really appreciate you joining us, Jamal. So here we are, man, we're going to step out of the ACC here a little bit. (laughs) We're going to walk into the DMV in my neighborhood. I live in Alexandria. I consider myself a DMV'er. Give us your thoughts on Georgetown. Like we know you follow Big East basketball, given that you live in the you know New York City, New Jersey Jersey area, right? And so I think a lot of us were a little bit surprised that Patrick Ewing was was. Some of us were surprised that he was coming back, but then there was that that there was sort of the secret contract that was out there that nobody really knew about. And then, just recently, I mean, very recent news: Maryland hired Kevin Willard. So, I want to get your thoughts on both of the, but, but both of those, both, but, both of these programs here in the DMV area, DMV area, the four.
2: Yeah, so I mean, Georgetown. You know, besides being a Big East guy, I basically grew up on Georgetown. Okay, so uh, I've always followed Georgetown since I was a kid, um, and this is, you know, so I've always followed Patrick Ewing. Patrick Patrick Ewing is the first. Uh, college player that I'd even heard of probably. Uh and then he then he goes on to the Knicks. I was a Knicks fan at that time. Uh so so this one hurts. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I mean I it, it's obviously I mean you, you go 0 in 20 in the big East in any league and you and you're a your name brand of that league. I mean that it's tough to to have a defense for that. Um, what I'll say about Ewing, and I'm not I'm not mad as a person who follows Georgetown. I'm not mad that 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 they brought him back, but you know, a lot of the Georgetown bloggers are mad, I'll tell you that. So I think Ewing and, and Ewing is kind of similar to Pastner in the sense that he won the East last year. Okay, so that's giving him some kind of leeway. And of and he's Patrick Ewing you know his name is Patrick Ewing he basically he made Georgetown what it is him and him and uh, uh big john thompson they like he is the reason that Georgetown is what it is so they are indebted to him uh and he wants to be there i think i think uh a lot of people were hoping he would walk away uh that you know, it would be like a chris Mullen deal where you know he he just felt like he wasn't getting it done and and he was, he his heart wasn't completely into it uh, for, as for as far as Ewing, I think he's shown, even with last year's run, because they weren't the most talented team last year and they were able to run the table in the Big East, I think he's shown that he can coach in terms of uh, getting his players to play hard for him. Even this year, I watched games. I mean, they were 0-20 and I still watched games, okay? And he, they had a lot of close losses. They still played hard. But he... You know, it was like almost a rebuild season from the start. They were relying on freshmen uh, in a year where the Big East was good and old. You know, he's relying on freshmen in a year where there's, you know, Providence, for instance, has 26 year olds on the team. And, you know, and they're not the only ones. So uh, it was kind of you kind of knew from the beginning it was going to be very, very tough for him for them. Obviously, you expected them to win a game or two. Uh, You didn't expect them to lose every game. But you know, going into the season, I looked at that team as like I don't see how they don't come in last. You know, you, you know, DePaul, I knew DePaul was going to be better. They had transfers, so you know, for for Ewing, it's going to come down to team building. Um, and I and they're saying that they're going to boost his, uh, you know, uh, help him in terms of getting some assistant coaches who can recruit or. And maybe it's a question of him coming from the NBA and not really knowing the ins and outs of of recruiting and how to keep a team together and all that kind of stuff. But he doesn't have. I would say, you know, they're gonna give him one more year, uh, you know, and then if he, if he doesn't get it done, if it's another disappointing year or even close, uh, you know, obviously if he go, if he goes over twenty again, it's over. But even if even if they, you know, below five hundred, uh, you would have to think that. That would be it, and and they would come to some agreement where he walks away. I don't think they'll fire him, but I don't, you know, I think they would work something out where he steps down. Um, so this is a big season coming up. We'll see if he can keep some of the guys that he was able. Though some of those freshmen, they might be decent as sophomores, um, or they should be better and tougher as sophomores. But can he keep them? Because that's been the issue. He hasn't been able to keep a team together, and I think that's the biggest issue. As far as Willard, uh, Willard, great, great coach. Uh, all his Seton Hall teams tough as nails. Uh, the only thing with him is he hasn't been a good recruiter. He hasn't been a great recruiter. He, he's not. He hasn't really brought in name, big name guys to Seton Hall. He had one uh, pretty good recruiting class at Seton Hall with Isaiah Whitehead and some other guys, uh, but that was really due to an assistant that he had there for a couple of years. That, that you know that wasn't there. Uh, beyond that. Um, so he's always had these kind of, un, you know, these under-recruited guys that he gets on the play really tough, um, and they, you know, they do well. They do, you know, well enough to the Big East to get, you know, anywhere between a five to a eight, nine seed, and that's it. Um, and they could win a game or two in the tournament. I don't know if, if that's what Maryland is going to accept uh, in the long term. I mean, maybe, you know, next year they would accept something like that, but I think he's going to have to step his recruiting game up, especially in that DMV area. He's going to have to prove that he can get some of those guys because if he doesn't, you know, he's only going to last a few years there before they get tired of him. Remember Tur- Turgeon was, was pretty uh, successful. You know, he was just as successful as, as Willard was at Seton Hall. Um, and that wasn't enough. So I think, you know, for Willard, I, I understand why he would take the job because I'm sure Maryland's going to pay him more than Seton, Seton Hall is. Uh And it's, you know, it's a step up in terms of in terms of a challenge. I mean, that's a tough that's a tough gig now, you know, being in the Big Ten uh, with 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 all those schools that you have to compete against uh, just to be just to be in the top half of the league, you know, in a in a huge league. So uh, we'll see how will it does. Like I said, I think he's a very, very good coach. Good guy. Uh, That team is going to be tough. No question about it. But will he get enough talent? That's the question.
1: Fair point, fair point. Okay, it's open microphone time. You get to say anything you want here. The floor is you,
2: the floor is you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I guess you know, just looking forward to to the rest of this NCAA tournament. It's been great. You know, it's always great for me. This is my favorite time of the year. This is like Christmas uh for me. Um so I, there there are just so many good matchups. I love the I love the Sweet Sixteen matchups. I love Gonzaga versus Arkansas um, you know, Zagas had a tough road, uh, to get back to the final four. Memphis was a tough second round opponent. Arkansas is going to be a tough, uh, regional semifinal opponent. They're going to have to face either Duke or Texas tech. I mean, it's rough out there for them. They probably have the hardest road to go. I love the Arizona Houston matchup. Uh, I like I love Arizona as a team, but Houston, I don't think I've ever seen a team that plays harder. I never, I've never seen a team with guys, uh, who can offense a rebound like that. It's almost in their DNA. Like as, soon as, they, as soon as they put the shot up, they're running to, to the rim. And, and guys on defense have no idea what's, what's hitting them. So that'll be an interesting game. I love the Villanova-Michigan game. Um, you know, Jawan Howard has that team coming together uh, towards the end of the season, and then they play a tough, tough Villanova team. So that should be interesting. I mean, there's just so much out there. North Carolina-UCLA is going to be a great game. I love St. Peter's run to the, to the Sweet 16. Speak, you know, speaking of St. Peter's, we talked about Seton Hall. It looks like uh, Shaheen Holloway is going to get that Seton Hall job. He played for Seton Hall. Uh, and you know, the stat is that his, he, his Seton Hall team, based on his uh, last second shot in the second round back in, I think, 2000, was the last time a New Jersey school got to the uh, Sweet 16 before he took the St. Peter's team there. So that's pretty crazy. Um. So there's so much in this tournament that I love, and uh, I think you know we got we got a couple more weeks of great, great basketball.
1: Very good, sir. Very good, sir. You're
0: up. Yeah, you know, with the with the ACC getting three men's team into the Sweet 16, you know, taking a look at the 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 ladies' brackets in the ACC, and they've also got. Uh, Three uh, women's teams in the Sweet 16: uh, Louisville, NC State, Notre Dame, and then possibly uh, a fourth one with North Carolina and Arizona tonight. So, you know, a- ACC kind of getting back to its roots here is showing out in the in the NCAA tournament on on, on the men's and the women's side. Uh, but you know, it, when you go with the NCAA tournament, it's been it's been fantastic. It's been so much fun. I had a great time, you know, going to the games in Greenville. And, and I, I would like your thoughts on this too, Jamal. What is going on with the officiating in the mm-hmm. tournament? I, 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 you know, it's, it's at the point where it's starting to mar a great event. What, with what happened uh, at the end of the Baylor, um, North Carolina game, uh, I mean, they were, it was all over Twitter the last 10 minutes of that game. It, it, it turned into like a rock fight out there. Um, they let Baylor be as physical as they wanted to be in that, in that game in the last twin, uh, last 10 minutes, uh, you know, the ejection of, of manic was, was questionable. It's definitely a, you know, uh, a, a foul of, uh, and, and, uh, maybe if in definitely a flagrant foul, but maybe the ejection, uh, last night in the TCU Arizona game, um, how there wasn't some kind of violation, either a backcourt or a, a foul, um, mm. With, with TCU might've cost him a chance at, a, at an upset on Arizona. And just, um, you know, so many questionable game deciding calls going on out there um, that, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's basketball. People are going to complain about the officiating, but it is, it's, it's taking it to a new level this year. Uh, what, what are your, th- I, I'd be curious of what your thoughts are Jamal and the officiating in the NCAA tournament this year.
2: Yeah, no, I've noticed it. I mean, and I don't know if it was just this year, but I really, I really have noticed it. And not even just the tournament, just this, just watching, you know, just throughout the season. And I compare, you know, I also I watch a lot of NBA also, and there is a huge diff, discrepancy between like how, and it makes sense, I guess. You know, the NBA is a higher level on, you know, every all the way around. But I do notice that the officiating in college basketball can be terrible um you know the it's inconsistent uh you know you have the the charge block calls all over the place um you know i've seen horrible missed goaltending calls where the where the ball hits the backboard and they miss it completely it's like it's unbelievable so no i'm right there with you on the officiating i don't know i don't know what they can do about it you know but uh yeah, no I mean it's definitely glaring. And then you know you mentioned you were mentioning uh the ACC uh girls uh you know in the in the women's NCA tournament and I just got to say uh one of my favorite players m- male or female to watch is Olivia Miles from Notre Dame. I mean she is fantastic. Like anytime anytime Notre Dame is on TV I I watch, you know. I mean she's almost I mean I hate I don't even want to say it but like she she reminds me in some ways of like Magic Johnson. Like it's just, she's just like a, a joy to watch. So I just had to throw that out there.
0: You know, now that you mentioned it, I, I thought yesterday that this was the most cold-blooded play I saw in all of tournament basketball this March. And I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the Creighton women's team. I know they were playing Iowa. I was like, hey, this is on. I'm going to watch the last few minutes, close game. And, the player of the game, the 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 girl who knocks down the game winning shot, Lauren Jensen was a transfer from Iowa. This is the announcer saying this was a transfer from Iowa. Said she transferred because she wasn't getting enough playing time. Then she goes to Creighton, knocks out her team on their home floor, Iowa. I mean that that was I mean that's that's like that Jordan S kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I got you in my sights, and I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> knock you out of here. That that was awesome yesterday.
2: No, you're right. I, yeah, I saw that. That that was amazing. That was amazing. And how about you know the last shot, uh, not going to to uh, Caitlin Clark. Oh, did, did you see that? I mean, I know she had a tough day, but that but that that's kind of what you expect to happen. I think they it's almost like they used her as a decoy on that play. And they did get a good shot. Iowa did, but you know it didn't go
0: down. Yeah, you you would think well, Iowa put the ball in the in the hands of your of your big time scorer. I mean, win and lose, win the game with her or lose the game. I mean, and you're right, they did get a pretty good look at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, so if you're if you're not watching the women's tournament too, definitely yeah. take some time and watch them out because you know it it used to be you'd look at the women's tournament and be like, all right, I'm just going to pencil in Yukon and Tennessee into the finals. Or now, you know, Yukon, South Carolina. I mean, there are upsets like all over their tournament right now as well.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, the game has improved a lot. Um, You know, I think you look five, 10, 15 years down the line, the women's game is going to be, you know, something special. Um, You know, I'm, I'm seeing high school girls now, and even younger just do amazing things. So I think, you know, everybody's, you know, down down on the WNBA, and I just look at it like they're they're kind of where the NBA was in the, in the early '80s when it was like taped with tape delay and all that kind of stuff. It's just a matter of time um, before it become it becomes almost an equal show.
1: Yep, very good. All right, Matthew. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just going to ask uh, ask Jabal use my op- my open microphone to uh, ask a question of Jamal. Jamal, what was the SEC's record uh, this first weekend of the tournament?
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the exact record on me off the top of my head, but I know they only have one team remaining, uh, and that's Arkansas. Uh, and that's, re- I mean, really, it was a shock to me because all during the regular season, I'm watching all these games, and I'm looking at conferences, and whenever I watch the ACC... I mean, the, sorry, the SEC. Whenever I watched the SEC, it was, like, the most entertaining game, high-flying. Um, I, w- I think I even tweeted a couple times, like, oh, I don't want to see any of these SEC teams in the tournament. I mean, boy, was I wrong. You know, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, they couldn't win a game hardly. So, I don't, and I don't know what happened. You know, they had, they had the most pros. You know, every time I watched the SEC, it was, like, a pro league, guys jumping out the, out the building. Um, but obviously something was missing, and I mean Auburn, who I who I kind of bet on in terms of the brackets. I, I had them in the Final Four because of what they did, you know, early in midseason and how good they looked. I thought they could get that back, but they were. I mean that was one of the most that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I mean Miami, good team, but beat them by eighteen, and it was never a game. And 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 as soon as uh, Miami got a decent, you know, eight to ten point lead, the Auburn players just start jacking up threes like it was like they had no basketball iq period and i hate to say it i mean bruce pearl that's not the first team like that of his that i've watched i remember tennessee back in the day when he had tennessee and i used to be i used to just bang my head against the wall how you know the low basketball iq of of that team and it's almost like you know it's it happened to him again so i don't know maybe he has to look in the mirror
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I just want to ask you one real quick question before we bounce out of here. I mean, does, I mean, and I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually being halfway serious about this, but I'm wondering if Arkansas needs to keep it at 50, uh, keep it at a 50 possession game with Gonzaga. The floor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I they're going to run, you know. Uh, I can't see I can't see that game being any other way than like a you know in the 80s or 90s and that's why I, I think Gonzaga wins it because um they're I think they're better at that and they have better they have better players. Arkansas would scare me otherwise um because they you know they're athletic they have a bunch of guys too but I don't I don't think they can match up with Gonzaga but I they're going to they're going to play their style of game which is to is to run um and I just don't think I you know I think that probably suits Gonzaga a little better so that's making me feel better about my uh, my national championship pick actually more than I talk about
1: it fair statement fair statement because I was like talking to a few friends I'm halfway joking on Twitter of course basically saying like the only way Arkansas can win is if they keep it at a 50 possession game in the first two years of Tony Bennett's style at the University of Virginia and I, I yeah. Anyway, I was being a little being a little snarky when I said that because I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that I mean in a run, in a running game like that, Gonzaga's you know got clearly got the better got the better athletes, and they've got a bunch of guys that are like twenty three years old, you know that are, have been around for a while. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you one thousand percent.
2: Yeah, I mean you well, know Ar- Arkansas could you know they could remember Alabama beat Gonzaga during the year uh, because they hit a bunch of threes. I mean it's possible Arkansas could just. Be on fire, and Gonzaga have a bad a bad night. But you know, I look I look at it now. You know, even you know, there's they have they have this these uh, four days, four or five days to prepare. Three, you know, whatever. Um, I don't I don't really see I, uh, Mark Few getting out coached either. Like that's a that's part of it. Also, I mean, he how much experience does this guy have? I mean, he has as much exp- uh, uh, tournament experience as probably anybody except for Coach K. So. Um, You know, I know people try to get on them because they haven't won a championship yet. But I mean, you know, I love their style of play. And that's you got to you got to give few credit for that. And he's been to he's been to multiple championship games. Um, So he's been through all these phases of the NCAA tournament. He's been he's he's had to play many, many Sweet 16 games and has been successful. So I think uh, they'll be ready to go. And uh, that's probably not a good sign for Arkansas.
1: I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Jamal, thank you so much for coming on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We loved having you come on the show, and we'd love to have you return again sometime. Thank you so
2: much for spending time with us. You no, know, of course, anytime. You know, this is always fun. Appreciate it. All right, guys, have a great week. Me too.